0: on lesser known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. The summer of 1969 saw the Beatles working on their final LP release as a group. To date, most of the songs which would end up on the Abbey Road album had already been recorded, albeit needing some final touch-ups to make them complete. Producer George Martin's suggestion of combining smaller fragments of songs into a longer piece had struck a chord with Paul, who dutifully offered up many half-finished songs for the project. While it took John a little longer to follow the lead, he did eventually come to the party with some new bits and pieces, some of which dated back to the Beatles' fruitful trip to India in early 1968. Having already donated Sun King and Mean Mr. Mustard to the medley cause, John offered a song he had written in India, demoed for possible inclusion on the White Album at George's house upon their return, but then was forgotten about, or rather put on the back burner. After some brief jams of the song during the Get Back sessions of January 1969, the song returned triumphant, ready to arrange and record for Abbey Road. Although John originally insisted that the song was about a fictitious Liverpool scrubber, Scouse terminology for a rough and promiscuous woman, it turns out that it was inspired by an amalgamation of two women he had actually known from the very early days of the Beatles. The character's name had come from a young lady named Pat Hodges, who was a part of the Beatles' inner circle in the Cavern Club days. By her own admission, Pat had a fairly unusual habit of eating plastic, tying it into little knots and chewing on it. Of course, once known about, she was anointed with the rather embarrassing nickname of Polythene Pat not far removed from her later musical incarnation. The somewhat racier connotations about young Pam and her fetish for wearing kinky boots and polythene bags came from a different young lady that John had met in the Channel Isles on a Beatles tour in August 1963. The woman in question had been introduced to John through a poet friend, Royston Ellis, and the three slept in the same bed for a night. She enjoyed to dress up in polythene for some of her more amorous occasions which John found interesting whether anything amorous happened between the three is unclear but it certainly provided John with the news five years later
1: from me and Mr Mustard straight to Polyphene Pam who turned out to be me Mr Mustard's sister and this is uh, sort of getting back into your actual rock and roll again <laughs> yeah it's a bit like everything in a way sort of not fade away and some uh, you know summertime blues and everything that's another half a song I wrote in India, you know, about a kinky girl in a polythene bag. You know. <laughs> well, it was the pre-baggism days, wasn't oh, yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, polythene bags is... Peter is bags. Yeah, right. That's what she wears, you know. <laughs> you see it in Jack in a polythene bag. I've noticed a couple of the songs also uh, linked together, rather in some of the characters. Oh, yeah. Well, that was just luck, you know. I mean, the, the bit my contribution to is uh, polythene pan and... Some uh, king and, and Mr. Mustard, so we just juggled them about till it made vague sense. And in part being Pam—I mean Mr. Mustard—I said his sister Pam, and originally he said his sister Shirley in the lyrics, so I changed it to Pam and make make it sound like he had something to do with it. Well, you see Pam. She's so good looking, but she
2: looks like a man. You should see it attack dressed in the polythene back. Yes, you should see polythene pam. See polythene pam. Get a dose of her in jackals and kill. She's killer villa when she's tested the hills Well, Link Millinkle upset, but she's a nice lass of bit. Yes, you can say she was attractively built. Say she was attractively built. See polythene pam. So good looking, but she looks like a man. And trying to and a policy to buy it. But you should see policy, Pam. See policy, Pam. Get a dose of Ed and Jackson can kill. She's killer tiller when she's dressed to the hill. But she's under kind of the girl that makes the news of the world. Well. Yes, you could say she was attractively built. Oh. when she's just in the hills And <laughs> <laughs> well, you should see the polythene pan She's not good looking but she looks like a man Well, you should see Jack just in the polythene bag Yes, you should see polythene pan built Well you should see Polythene man She's not good looking But she looks like a man Well you should see her in drag Dressed in a polythene back Yes you should see the man You should see her in the dress oh. You should see her when she's dressed to the hilt She's killer diller in a jackboots and, and kilt. Well she's the kind of the girl That makes the new
1: she was, attractively built. We'll say she
3: was attractively built. I'll say she was built, I'll say.
0: Two early versions of Polythene Pam. The first from the Isha demos for the White album in May 1968, and an attempt to resurrect the song during the Get Back sessions on the 24th of January 1969. With John now on board with the idea of joining fragments of half-finished songs together. The song that the Beatles chose to attach Polythene Pam to was another of Paul's, and like Polythene Pam, was inspired by a real person and real events. The groups of female fans who would wait for the Beatles everywhere they went, with cameras and pens at the ready for a quick photo and an autograph, were dubbed Apple Scruffs, of course later immortalised with the tribute song on George's All Things Must Pass LP. One of these groups of girls took things a little further and would routinely break into Paul's house in Cavendish Avenue and steal little mementos from inside. One such apple scruff was Diane Ashley, who, as the song title suggests, scaled a ladder found in Paul's backyard and climbed in through a slightly open bathroom window, promptly running to the front door to let her accomplices into the house. Diane was actually later befriended by Paul. She also used to walk his dog Martha for him. He asked her if she could retrieve from the other girls some of the personal items that had been stolen from his house over time, which she was able to do. Diane was rewarded with the job as a tea girl at Apple, and rose to working in the promotions department.
2: Uh, came in through the bathroom window. Is very good song of Paul's with good lyrics. I don't, it's really hard to explain what they're about. Anyway... It
1: was when Paul and I went to America to publicize Apple about two years ago to announce the opening and we were just in the, the flat we were staying in and he just came out with that line, you know, and she came into the bathroom window, so he'd had it for years, so he eventually finished it. Um, she came in through the bathroom window um, and she certainly did. <laughs> As for some of the
0: more cryptic lyrics, Paul and Linda encountered a New York taxi driver one day whose name was Eugene Quits, which Paul immediately injected into the line, and so I quit the police department. More subtle was a reference to Paul's neighbours, who would call him when he was out or away if they noticed or suspected people were in his house. Hence, Sunday's on the phone to Monday, Tuesday's on the phone to me. Oh Yeah.
3: Okay, one, two, three, four. She came in through the bathroom window. We had it. Was, we had it stopping. Yeah, see, we didn't the I'm first one. On well, we we'll just we'll just play it through a couple yeah, of times this one. One, two, three, four. Thank you
0: On the 25th of July 1969, the Beatles used three reels of tape to record a total of 39 takes of Polythene Pam," segued with "She Came In Through the Bathroom Window," only 19 of which were complete.
3: Oh, sorry, I fucked it. I'm glad you did. Oh, good. Because I had earlier, but I wasn't going to tell.
2: Paul, <laughs> well, are yeah. you going? Hey.
3: I was doing, but I'm going to stay out of there.
2: No, but I, is it? Are you going on number eight before we go into it? You go then right there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you go
1: right into
3: that? No, I uh, oh, shouldn't you do. do. You did you that in. last time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. What are you doing then? When
1: he says it, we so, start. You're leaving a pause. Right? Yes. To be Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Word in your ear.
3: Okay. If you don't do so much to start off with, because you blow it all, you know, you know what I mean? You give away all your, your best bits. What are you doing at the beginning? Who? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> it sounds like Dave Clark. <laughs> it's like being uh, Tommy in here.
2: <laughs> One, two, three, four.
0: Take 27 of Polythene Pam, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. Take 39 would be deemed as best and treated to further overdubs during this and subsequent sessions. Save for the two distinct sections of A Day in the Life from Sgt. Pepper, one song from Paul and Paul's smaller interlude in the middle, this was the only other time that a song from each John and Paul had been merged into one. Also recorded on the 25th of July were the vocals for John's Sun King, which were, even by John's standards, a little unusual.
1: The Sun King song, um, and then you get into a sort of a language thing, which I couldn't figure out if was uh, some type of... Oh, uh, well, it's called, you know. know. Uh, yeah, so when we came to sing it, we just started joking, you know, sing cuando mucho. so we just made up all a few uh, Spanish words from school, you know. So we just strung any Spanish word to sound vaguely like something. And of course we got and that's a Liverpool expression, just like, sort of, it doesn't mean anything to me. I said mm hmm, The one we missed, we should have had paranoia, you know, we forgot all about it. We used to call ourselves Lost Paranoia. <laughs> and, um, so then, what... You know, was there sort of any idea behind Sun King? Is it any sort of symbolism or is it just No, no, something? it was just a half a song I had which I never finished, which was one way of getting rid of it without ever finishing it, you know. And it was sort of you know, the song the sort of medley went and you know, then we sort of wanted a change of atmosphere, so and here comes the Sun King, you know, why not? And here he comes and everybody's happy and Quando para mucho, etc. etcetera. Et oh, yeah, yeah, we might get a hit with that in those countries, you know, if they take it off. separate. <laughs> could be a smash in Brazil. Yeah, right. The Sun King. And cake and eat it is another nice, nice line too. Without <laughs> that in Spanish, cake and or something. Always have cake and eat it. <laughs> Cuando
2: para mucho, mi amor, de felice carazón.
3: Mondo paparazzi, mi amore, chicafer di parasol. Cristo abrigado tanta murcio, che and eat it.
0: The next few days were spent adding minor overdubs to songs for the intended medley as well as some extra guitar and vocal harmonies for Come Together. With all of the pieces of the puzzle essentially complete, the Beatles and George Martin felt it was time to start assembling the bigger picture to see how and if it all fitted together.
4: I had always thought after Pepper we were breaking new ground and I'd been lecturing both Paul and John on the idea of a creative whole of a panorama of sound I said look you write such brilliant songs don't just write little bits and pieces write pieces of music that can knit together and think in terms of form if you're a classical writer your a symphony is in sonata form you have a first subject and a second subject and you not only state them and they're great tunes but you also weave them into each other and you put them into different keys bring them back, or bring back little motives, And you can create a long piece of music. And Paul was interested in this.
3: I was getting into a lot of musical ideas and kind of the the, uh, the medley thing on the second side. I was very up on doing that and very, very excited about doing that stuff.
4: So we started work, and they had great material to work with. And, well, it gradually evolved, and we were able to make this piece of music that lasted Quite a few minutes on for one side of the record, and John said, "Now count me out. I'm a rocker. You know, I I like writing a piece of music that lasts for two and a half minutes. I don't want to have something last half an hour.
1: They never like that sort of whatever pop opera on the other side. Yeah, I think it's junk because it was just bits of song thrown together. You know,
0: in the late evening of Wednesday, the 30th of July, 1969. After a day of overdubs, reduction mixes and rough stereo mixing, a trial edit of the proposed medley was assembled. Given the working title of The Long One, a rough stereo mix of the songs as they currently stood, cross-faded to meld one track into the other, was created, the idea being to determine whether the order was right, decide on what other overdubs, edits or changes might be needed, and generally get a holistic feel for the project get comfy, beetle people. I'll be back in about 15 minutes. And make sure you listen out for some interesting variations on the medley we all know and love.
3: Cross two. My majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she changes from day to day. I want to tell her that I love her a lot, but I gotta get a belly full of wine. My majesty's a pretty nice girl, someday I'm gonna make a mine, oh yeah. Someday I'm gonna make a mine. sing a lullaby there was a way to get back homeward Once there was a way
0: From the 30th of July 1969, Stereo Remix 2 of The Long One, a working version of what would eventually become most of Side 2 of the Abbey Road LP. Whilst immediately recognisable in terms of the recordings and their relative order, there are also some noticeable differences in the mixes and the placement of instruments and vocals, and orchestral overdubs for a couple of tracks were still a way off at this point. One peculiarity is the transition from You Never Give Me Your Money into Sun King, which at this juncture was a simple, sustained organ chord. This would, of course, be changed to a more atmospheric segue thanks to the tape loop of crickets, trickling water, and meditative bells prepared by Paul. But the obvious stand out like a sore thumb difference is the inclusion of Her Majesty between Mean Mr. Mustard and Polythene Pam. The Beatles and George Martin would amend this two weeks later and inadvertently create one of the most recognisable moments in the final LP mix. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us next time as the Beatles put the finishing touches to the Abbey Road album. Until next time...